Welcome back to another episode of the Air Power Hour. On today's episode, I had the awesome opportunity to sit down with Master Sergeant Jordan Lloyd. Sergeant Lloyd started her Air Force career as a mechanic and moved on to the recruiting career field. She was selected to help create the new computer program that recruiters use to complete the enlistment process for future airmen. This is a monumental task, and Master Sergeant Lloyd has an integral part in the future of recruiting for the Air and Space Force. In this episode, we talked about why she decided to join and one of the largest influencers in her life, her dad. Sergeant Lloyd will be a lifelong friend of mine, one of the many I've had the honor to gain by joining the Air Force. It was a pleasure to sit down with my old friend again. So, without further ado, the wonderful Master Sergeant Jordan Lloyd. To all units, proceed to your post assignment. All units, proceed to your post assignment. Welcome to the Air Power Hour. All right, welcome back to the Air Power Hour. Tech Sergeant Check here. And today on this special episode, I am joined by someone that I've worked with quite often uh, since I have been here in Oak Creek, Wisconsin at the 347th Recruiting Squadron. I'm sitting down with former uh, operations NCO at the group level. Now, we'll get into that a little more later on, but now... Uh, she is currently sitting down at the Air Force Recruiting Service headquarters running a program down there, which is extremely vital to the success of the mission in Air Force Recruiting. But without further ado, Sergeant Lloyd, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. It's good to see you. Yeah, I know. And it, it's crazy because so we were just in Las Vegas last week and I think the last person I probably thought I was going to see was Sergeant Lloyd because you're down at headquarters and lo and behold, I'm sitting there uh, playing roulette and I look over and there's Sergeant Lloyd. Surprise. Uh, so you actually took a little vacation to come out there. Is that not, is that right? I, I did. I took some leave days to come out and see a bunch of my 372 group family. I love it up here, but I miss you guys just the same. Yeah. And I'll tell you right now, uh, first and foremost, we miss you, Sergeant Lloyd, uh, Sergeant Keith and I here in operations, uh, calling you, speaking with you, uh, getting the job done with you. It, it was, it was really fun. And you kind of just abruptly left us. So we were kind of sad and it was really, really nice to be able to see you last week. I mean, I worked as, as long as I could before they forced me out the door to come to Texas. So, you know, it was, um, ops was a lot of fun. I, I learned so much, um, especially from you guys and, and from, you know, up and down the tiers. Um, it was, it was a job that I will cherish. It was frustrating and, and so opportunistic all at the same time. I would, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Um, but the job I'm in now is just as if not more challenging and I'm learning even more um, about how recruiting service works and all of the all of the different things that go in that I I thought I knew that I had no idea yeah. <laughs> right so um so yeah I I'm learning the ins and outs of of programs and of uh, different tier levels and their responsibilities that I would have never even imagined yeah so yeah, yeah, well, it's, we it's keeping are, me tired, though. <laughs> I bet. Yeah, it seems like there's a lot of intricacies and and we are going to get into that because I do want to learn and I want to hear a little bit more about what you're doing because it is very interesting and will be super vital to the mission. Um, but Absolutely. 
But the way I want to start is um, not talking about technical or Master Sergeant Lloyd now, um, yeah. but talking about the beginnings. So, yeah. Sergeant Lloyd, when is it did you decide that the Air Force was something, a career path that you were going to pursue? Oh, man. Um, I'm kind of showing my age here. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm around summer of 2004. Wow. Um, yeah. So I've been in a, a little, about 18 and a half years now. Um, I am from Midland, Texas. I don't know if anybody knows where that is. It's out in the middle of nowhere, West Texas. There's not anything within hundreds of miles except oil derricks and mesquite trees. Wow. <laughs> um, great place to live. Probably not a place I would retire. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I still have family there and everything. Um, I I actually graduated high school in 01 and went to uh, went to college first uh, at Sol Ross State University in Alpine, Texas, which is even farther southwest Texas than where I'm from. <laughs> um, and had a good time in college, but wasn't having the best time. Right? Like I I learned that sitting in a classroom and and staring at a professor all day and then going home and staring at books all day just really wasn't what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, so, so after about two and a half years of college, I, I went back home and was working at a place called CC's pizza. I don't know. Oh, I've heard of it. <laughs> so, um, worked at CC's for like a year and, um, and then sat down. My dad sat me down at the kitchen table. I'll never forget this conversation. He, I had come home from work. I was just, you know, tired and bored. And he was like, what do you want to do with your life? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, well, I'm 21 years old. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. So um, that's when he brought up, hey, well, why don't, you know, if you're, if college isn't your deal and I know you don't want to flip pizzas for the rest of your life, what do you want to do? Like, have you considered another job or or maybe even the military? It's like, well, wait, military, yeah. <laughs> um, you know? He was like, well, you know, if, if we're going to do the military route, he's, uh, he's like, maybe, maybe go talk to the Air Force or the Navy or, you know, whoever. Um, so I started with the Air Force and stuck with the Air Force. <laughs> and um, I, I spent about eight months in the delayed entry program. I had, um, had some Surgeon General's waivers for some previous surgeries when I was, ki- when I was a kid mm. that I had to, um, go through the go through the wickets for um but eventually i i you know i left for basic training on february 15th of 2005 and here i sit today um i'd i'd be the first person to tell you um see look you're already making me cry um air force the air force changed my life good now yeah (laughs) you say so so hearing that your your dad was pretty influential in oh yeah you doing this oh yes yeah he's uh he's unfortunately no longer with us um i lost my dad to cancer in um in 2011 mm. um but he yeah he was a huge part of my life i'm an only child and i'm probably the biggest daddy's girl on the planet oh, um, yeah. my dad did my dad did 30 years in the police department in my hometown and um um, so I kind of almost grew up in a military type setting, yeah. right? Like I, there was a lot of structure there, which I think is why I succeeded. Um, 
in in the military setting. Uh, but yeah, he he passed away from lung cancer, unfortunately self inflicted. Mm. Um, but he did get to see me so on staff sergeant before he passed, which was which was good. And I made a promise to him um, before he passed away that I would do two things: I would make master sergeant check <laughs> and retire from the air force. So I am roughly two years or so away. I'm actually trying to make it to 21 years. Um, so I'm about two, two and a half years away from retirement. So I'll get to keep my promises to my dad that I made, gosh, what, 12 years ago now. Oh, so I bet, absolutely. I bet he's proud. Uh, oh, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, I was going to ask, I was trying to, to find the the connection of him being the big influence and and where he got that from in the 30 years of, of, you know, public services, that's, oh, yeah. that's huge. So for um, sure, thank yeah, you he was, for his service. And, and then now passing that on to you. Absolutely. Yeah. He's a, he was, he was a big guy, <laughs> the big influence. Um, yeah. I, I actually, um, I still get to see some of the people that he worked with, and they they check in on me and make sure that I'm doing okay and um you know ask me about my service and everything I I honestly wouldn't be surprised if some of them showed up to my retirement. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean the police force is much like the the military is that we kind of have this this family, this instant family is that as soon as you join you kind of have these 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 rider dies that are there for you and and uh, that that's really cool to hear that. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Speaking of rider dies. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's um I all the military friends, man. I like I mean, I I took a trip to Vegas on my own time to come and see you guys oh. just cuz y'all are, you know, y'all are my family. <laughs> yeah, we are. I mean, that's that's one of the it, to me, that's one of the best parts of being in the military, especially, you know, in and in the Air Force is just having that instant connection with people and it starts at basic training. Yeah. How, how tight you got with your flight mates going through the same kind of crap that you're like, you know, we we're, we're on a basic level of understanding of what we're going through and and we got to work together and it just continues on 18 and a half years, you know, coming and turning and seeing you in Las Vegas. I'm like, Sergeant Lloyd, no way. Uh, that that's, that's awesome. That camaraderie is, is unmatched. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, been been great. Yeah, for sure. So now you said uh, you were in the debt for a while. Um, what job did you end up getting out of the delayed entry program? Oh, so this might actually be something you didn't know about me. Um, I actually signed a contract as a ground linguist. I was a cryptologic linguist. Yes, I took the D lab, and at the time the score was 100. I scored a 108, um, and uh, got Arabic. So I went to the Defense Language Institute in Monterey, California, after basic training, and quickly realized that it's a really long tech school that's kind of set up like college. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, you know, while while Arabic was fun, I yeah, I didn't finish the school. Um, I got about halfway through and was like, you know, maybe, maybe this job isn't for me mm-hmm. and, um, went and talked to my first sergeant and was like, Hey, 
I, I don't want to leave the Air Force. I want to be a part of the Air Force, but I don't think I'm in, I don't think I'm in a good fit job right now. Yeah. Um, so they actually um, fought to have me retrained. And uh, since I already had the clearances, they um, sent me to tech school for uh, low observable aircraft structural maintenance. Um, at, at the time, it was still called just regular aircraft structural maintenance. And everybody tags it as sheet metal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went and was like, well, you know, that's a, that's an aircraft maintenance job. I've never done maintenance in my life. Right. <laughs> like, um, but you know, if it's, if it's the only thing that's available, sure. Why not? So I go to tech school in Pensacola, Florida, uh, at the Naval air station there at our, our tech school is, uh, one of the only ones that's actually not on an air force base. Wow. Um, yeah. So being around uh, Navy and Marines for my tech school was interesting. And then, of course, DLI, it's all of the branches uh, I had um, in my class in DLI, you know, airmen all the way through like army majors in my class. It was crazy. Um, but yeah, so I get to Pensacola and start learning my job as, a, as an aircraft mechanic. And I was like, hey, this is actually kind of fun. So, um, so yeah, I, I stuck with it and um, finished the school and they got me orders to Whiteman Air Force Base in Missouri, which um, some people may already be aware. It's the only base that has the B-2 Spirit Stealth Bomber. Ooh. So um, since, like I said earlier, since I already had the clearances, they were like, hey, we're going to go send her work on stealth planes. <laughs> and then um, about two years into that, that's when they split the career field and I stayed on the, on the low observable stealth platform. Um, B2 was tedious work, but it was the most rewarding work, obviously aside from being a recruiter, right. Um, To, to, to fix a jet and then watch it take off is super cool, right? Like to stand back and know that, that jet took off because you did your job right is huge. Um, especially when it's a $2.2 billion jet, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, um, so yeah, I, I really actually enjoyed being an aircraft mechanic. It's something I would have never in a million years thought of that I would do or like or anything like that. So, um, you know, while, while linguists would have been awesome too, maybe it just wasn't the right fit for me. And I found a job that was the fit and and ran with it and spent nine years working on b2s at whiteman air force base wow so i there are a lot of people that were in your position where they go to school me including um same same kind of route to the air force you go to school the traditional graduate from high school go to college and didn't work out for me as well there are a lot of people out there that are in the same situation where they try it and they're like just this is not for me and then yeah. they sit down with an Air Force recruiter and they talk about tech school, the yes. technical school. And they're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Some people will be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I just said, I don't want to go to school again. Yeah. And then you're going to send me to tech school. <laughs> Can you tell me yeah. the difference between like, was there a difference between being in college and then being at your tech school? Yes, there is. Um, it's more of kind of a, like a, a VO 
tech school, like a vocational school, right? So while there is some like some classroom work involved, it's it's also hands-on work. It's a nice mix, right? So um, like for my um, for my maintenance tech school, like the first the first couple of um, terms or we call them blocks um, are kind of basically learning how to build a blueprint, right? So you're sitting in a classroom, at, you know, geometry and stuff involved so that you can cut a piece of metal to fit an aircraft properly, right? Yeah. So um, so they teach you from, from A to Z on how to fix an aircraft, starting with the, you know, the classroom work and, and learning about all of the, um, all the fasteners you'll work with, all the different types of metals, uh, it's it's basically just background knowledge, and then you take that background knowledge and you actually put it to use and build aircraft parts at tech school. They they had what's called a, a simulated aircraft structure, it was basically like a kind of like a miniature sized wing portion of a of a cargo plane, right? So we we build it from scratch. We write out the blueprints on it and measure out all of our templates cut the metal, shape the metal, bend the metal, fasten the metal. I mean, it, and your finished product is your baby, right? So while there is, yeah, while there is some classroom work involved, it's not near as much as you would think. Um, If you're, if you're a hands-on type person, tech school, I would be a breeze. (laughs) You know, I, I like hands-on work. I didn't even know it and I love it. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, I, I wouldn't let the word tech school or words tech school scare you it's it's not near what college was <laughs> definitely doesn't sound like it and uh, i can speak from experience as well like we were getting up and getting out and doing things with our hands and it's just more kind of like on the job initial on the job training type stuff and oh, and yes. the build i mean that's you don't do that in college you're not building the aircraft no. so yeah. and we got less paid the whole time Exactly. Oh yes. <laughs> Which yeah. was nice. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have to I didn't have to rely on a grandfather to pay my tuition. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or, so you said you were in uh the maintenance career field for nine years, correct? Yes. Were you all at one base? Did you deploy at all? Did you go anywhere? So I was at one base. Um the B2 platform, um, is especially if you have the clearances for it, they they get you a little more specialized training. Um, so I got to deal with a lot of secret, top secret type stuff that not a whole lot of people get to see. That's about all I can say about it. Um, so once you get higher in those tiers working on a specific aircraft, it gets a little bit harder to leave, but it's not impossible to leave a base. But I also really enjoyed Whiteman, so I didn't try to leave. Yeah. Um, there's multiple other bases that I could have gone to. Um, I'm qualified to work on B2s. F-22s, F-35s, um, and stealth drones. So I could have gone um, Florida, Alaska, um, New Mexico, Nevada. I think there's a couple of others. Hawaii. There, there's a whole bunch of places I could have gone. I just, I enjoyed B-2s. Um, but I did have a lot of friends that were there. Um, oh, in California. I had a handful of people go to California that I'm friends with. I still have friends in Arizona um, Alaska, Florida, um, you know, that I still keep in touch with that are, you know, maintenance friends for life. Yeah. Um, yeah. but 
um, yeah, it, I, I stayed cause I enjoyed it. What made you enjoy it? I, it was something different, right? Like I, I just, it, it was something that I never thought I could do and realized I was good at. So I, I enjoyed it. Like I didn't want to, I don't know. I, I guess I just didn't, I don't know how to explain it. Was it like the I didn't want to let I didn't want to let go of the good feeling, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. You got a good thing going for you. You might as well keep it going. Probably yeah. had a good support system around the area with with your crew and the company oh, yeah. that's built. Oh, well, yeah, Air Force even issued me a husband at Whiteman. So <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So that's where you met your husband. That is where I met my husband. Yes, and, we've been married. Oh gosh, almost twelve years now. Wow. Congratulations. That's amazing. Absolutely. Now, did you two, is he uh, military or he, he was military. He's actually retired now. He retired uh, January of 22. Wow. Wow. What yeah, did he, he did 20 years in the Air Force in the same career field that uh, I was in for maintenance. Nice. So, yeah, he he loved it. He actually joined straight out of high school. So he got to retire uh, he did about 20 and a half years and retired at the age of 39. Oh, that's amazing. God. Yeah. <laughs> when I hear that, I mean, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Now so, he's just, yeah. Now he's just bumming around the house, working on cars, like yeah. Yeah, Air Force took care of him. Yeah. So not only do you get to go to a cool place, work on cool aircraft, uh, learn an awesome skill, gain a bunch of new family with friends and the people you yeah. work with, but you also get the love of your life. Exactly. Oh yeah. yeah, and I did I did get to deploy once. Did you? Missed on that. Yeah. So I actually went to Guam for oh, my deployment. Wow. <laughs> I don't know if you call it a deployment. It was kind of a vacation deployment, but um it was in support of um enduring freedom. Okay. So um obviously with B2s, we we want to support the mission, but we don't want to put them in hostile territory because of um the stealth technology. I mean, we're, it's, we're the only country that has that type of technology. So, um, you know, it, so they, they do a rotation of bombers out of Anderson air force base in Guam, um, between B ones, B 52s and B twos. They do like four month rotations throughout the year. So, uh, February, of or sorry, November of 07 through February of 08, I was, I was in, uh, Guam at Anderson supporting, Enduring freedom. Nice. Yeah. That'd be tough with all the beaches. Oh yeah. Let me tell you Christmas on the beach with the, with the pig rolling is, you yeah. know, it was, it was terrible. Let me tell you. <laughs> Thank you for your service. No, Guam, Guam is beautiful. I, I would go back in a heartbeat, probably a bucket list for when I retire. <laughs> oh. So you did nine years and is this when you, after that nine years are up, is this when you uh, went into recruiting? Yes. Yes, how, it is. How did that process work for you? So um, they had a program called the Developmental Special Duty Program. Uh, it was actually kind of fairly new when I came in um, where they basically hand selected the best of the best to go do special duties. So um, my my maintenance chief at the time came to me and was like, hey, uh, we think you might be a good fit for this. And we want to 
give you the opportunity to kind of look at it and, and see if it's something you would be willing to do. Um, because, you know, if we don't get enough volunteers for it, we're probably going to have to come around back to you anyway and, and tell you, you know, hey, we need you to do this. I was like, well, okay, cool. You know, I'll, I'll take a look at it. Um, so they sent me the list of available uh, positions. Now, of course, with me being um, mill to mill at the time, military spouse married, um, I was kind of, and, and the platform that we were on, I was kind of limited on, on some of the special duties I could do at the time uh, that I put down to be a military training liaison, which is like the, um, the liaison for all of the tech school attendees throughout the Air Force. Um, they have a tech school that my husband could have, uh, the tech school actually in Pensacola, he, if we would have gotten him an instructor position there, we could have been stationed at Pensacola together, but it didn't work out that way. So my other option uh, that I was perfectly fine with was recruiter. I was like, well, hey, let's let's give recruiter a shot. Um, so I put it down, interviewed for it, and um, and got selected. Beginning of, or sorry, end of 2014, I went to tech school early 2015 and actually uh, started my first recruiting duty station in June of June of 2015. And where was that? In uh, the western half of Salt Lake City, Utah. A town called, I'd say a town, it's a city, it's called West Valley City. Um, And my zone, my zone covered the whole western half of Utah, um, which most of it was like the Great Salt Lake and the Salt Flats. Wow. (laughs) But um, a, a good majority of my, um, a good majority of my community was right there on the, on the West side of, of Salt Lake city. Okay. Now, how did you, how, how was the transition from going from the maintenance career field, a lot of hands-on outside, getting your uniform dirty to now you're in a recruiting position where it's kind of the total opposite. Yes. Um, it was kind of difficult at first, but then like, of course, if you change your mindset to, Hey, this is, this is me going through tech school again. And like, I was never, I never thought I'd be a maintainer and I, I ended up loving it. Well, now I'm in the position I never in a million years would have thought I've been a recruiter. And here I am. I love it. Right. Um, both jobs had their ups and downs. Both jobs were tough in their own respect. So it was just latching on to that. You can do this. It's just something new that you need to learn mentality that, that can take you so far, um, you know, having, having faith in yourself and, and showing that strength and resiliency that you can tough it out is always, um, is always going to be a good place to go to, to, to conquer any fears or doubts that you may have for sure. Yeah. Hey, real quick, I'm going to interrupt this, but for some reason, my meeting time is running out. I have nine minutes. 42 seconds left so we've got, <laughs> we've got plenty of time um okay. i just wanted to give you a heads up cool um okay so you talk hold on i gotta i gotta get back into the okay we talked about all right so one thing i wanted to ask is and i didn't ask you about this in your previous career field but have have you had in i'm i'm sure you have but um, have you had any 
kind of strong mentors, uh, whether it was in the maintenance career field or in recruiting that helped you be successful or as successful as you've been so far? Oh, I mean, I've had multiple, right? Um, I, I will say uh, probably the one in, there's one in recruiting that um, helped me through a pretty rough time uh, when we were really minimally manned um, at the group uh, for operations. And um, and he helped me through a lot and, and gave me all the courage or the encouragement and confidence and stuff that I needed. And that is Chief Trip Frazier. I don't yeah. know if you know him, but he is he is awesome. Um, so yeah, he was, he was a big part, um, uh, a big part of my recruiting, uh, life and making sure that, that I stayed on track and was always supportive of me and like would never let me doubt myself and, uh, has, has been one of my, one of my biggest cheerleaders and I'll always be grateful for that. So, and then, oh man, um, I had, I had actually multiple people in, um, in maintenance, um, a couple of female chiefs who right now slipping my mind on their names, but they were, um, in fact, the, the chief that came and talked to me about DSD was, was my female chief at the time for the squadron. Um, she was awesome. So, um, you know, I'm getting old and my memory (laughs) fails me sometimes, but yeah, no, there's, there's been plenty of people that have, uh, that have been influential in my life. And uh, I would say my husband has probably been a big mentor too. Um, he's, he's been my number one support system and um, has watched me have my, you know, my, my struggles and watched me have my successes and has been supportive along every step of the road. So I can't, I can't thank him enough. And, and, uh, yeah, I kind of wish he would have kind of wish he would have made more rank. Um, he retired as a tech sergeant and fully deserved to be a master or higher. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I asked that because I, I, I'm a firm believer that nobody can do it on their own. Nobody oh, can be successful facts. on their own. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Having, yeah, having that, <laughs> those, those mentors and that support system, uh, it truly does take a village. Um, so it, it's, it's always good to to be able to acknowledge that that support and you know absolutely I, I practice gratitude a lot um yes so using that to just kind of turn and and you know look at my wife and say thank you for what you do uh because i would not absolutely. be able to do what i do <laughs> yes you. thank you for putting up for my you know stressful homecomings and exactly <laughs> like, exactly thank you for feeding me and making sure that i don't Yes. <laughs> and I'll now, fall asleep. Yeah. yeah. Now <laughs> what you're doing, you're in your current job, you are down at headquarters in recruiting. Yes. And, and explain a little bit more about what you are doing. Okay. So um for any of the recruiters that are listening, um I they're I'm sure well aware of AFRIS, which is basically our um our recruitment database, right? So whenever we bring people in um, to go through the recruitment process, all of that, all of that information about them goes into this database to, to track where they're at in the process of, of joining the Air Force. And then of course those records then transfer into their, 
you know, their actual personnel file um, when they join the Air Force. And all, you know, a good majority, if not all of the forms and stuff that we fill out as recruiters follow follow the person throughout their career. So this system is is vital to the functionality of Air Force Recruiting Service. Um, so, you know, back in my day, I'd like... I signed papers and my papers got faxed off to MIPS and then faxed off to basic training. And, um, you know, but now it's all digital and, and the capability of the system that we're in right now is, uh, is mind blowing, but it's also a, you know, a 15 year old system, right? So while it's, it's functional and capable, it's also kind of behind the times. Mm -hmm. So, um, AFRS decided that they wanted to update their platform and and go with a, a more functional platform that could go uh, that wouldn't necessarily tie a recruiter to a desk. Mm -hmm. Which um, right now, I'm sure as you know, it, it, it's AFRS is only on on a desktop, right? Uh, the new system we're working on, um, we're looking at mobile capability. Wow. So not only can you do it on a desktop, but you can you can literally do the whole process on your phone. That's wild. Which is is vital again for especially this day and age, right? This generation is is very here and now, and you know if if you take longer than a minute, you're you're going to lose their attention, right? Like they're. They're extremely smart. This generation blows my mind on how smart they are, um, which is, again, a good reason on why to, you know, bring Air Force Recruiting Service into this day and age. Um, you know, there's the days of us, you know, getting a lead into the system and then seeing it in the morning and, you know, maybe I'll call them tomorrow. Like they're already they're already gone. Right. Like if you don't contact them within a handful of hours, like they're they may no longer be interested, right? So um, this this platform is going to be huge for the Air Force. So the job that I'm doing <laughs> is taking all of the information and all of the system functionality of the AFRS that we have now and trying to put it in the new system, right? But it's not going to be you know, it's, it's not going to be exactly the same, right? So the, the platform we're going to is Salesforce. Um, and it's actually a, a super cool system. It's some of the stuff it does is crazy, right? Like a lot of the, a lot of the things that we do as recruiters where it takes us 15 clicks to do one thing, mm -hmm. it's going to maybe take two <laughs> wow. with Salesforce, right? There's a lot more automation to it. Um, so the the actual um, we want to connect with the uh, connect with this generation, but we also want to save time and give time back to the recruiters so yep. that they're not strapped to a desk, right? They can be out in the field and out with their recruits or their dep or whatever the case may be, and being engaged in the community um, instead of you know sitting at a desk and typing all day. Uh, so, but the the requirements writing for it. And trying to take a um, take one system and say, "Hey, we want the new system to do this," mm -hmm. and the developers come back and say, "Well, 
I mean, we can kind of do that. Like there's a lot of solutioning and refinement and stuff that goes into my job um, to where, like I was saying earlier, there's so much to what this job entails that I was completely oblivious to that I'm learning. And I'm like, like yeah. it's nuts. Um, but it is a super rewarding job, right? Because I know that if I do my job well, I'm setting up the next two to three generations of recruiters, right? The next 10 years worth, you know, the next 10 years of recruiters, um, which is huge, right? I leaving a legacy that I can be proud of um, and, and making sure that um, the next generation of recruiters didn't have the struggles that I did. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it, it's a cool job. I would, I would recommend it for anybody <laughs> that is a go-getter and that has um that has the mentality to to make things better and um, think outside the box and be innovative. That's uh, that's definitely what this job is all about. Wow! Yeah. Uh, so Afris 2.0 really sounds like a, a tedious but super important tool, and and it seems like you have a lot of responsibilities in order to make it uh, the most efficient for the recruiters. Absolutely. Yeah. I'd rather it be tedious on my end. So it's not tedious on the back end. Right. So, um, yeah, I, it's a lot of work, but I I feel like I'm in a place that I, that I need to be right. The, the job I'm in is important and I, I value, um, I value its importance. So I, again, wouldn't trade this job for anything in the world. I haven't had a bad job in the air force, honestly. (laughs) It's been great. (laughs) It's usually how it works. So Uh, maybe I'll get to, maybe I'll get to finish out, finish out this assignment and my career. uh, And, and hopefully get to see Afris 2.0 debut. And and then I can ride off into the sunset for retirement. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, So speaking of that, you said you're 18 and a half. You'd like to go to 21. Um, does this assignment bring you up to that, that yes. time period? It does. Yes. It's a, I think it's a four-year controlled tour. Um, now of course that's to be foreseen that since I, since I'm a master sergeant, I mean, they can always pull me to be a flight chief. And if that's the case, then, you know, I'll, I'll gladly go do it. Um, but, uh, I, I, like I said, I really feel like I'm in a, in a spot that I need to be and, uh, can serve the best purpose, um, Turns out I'm good at requirements writing. Didn't even know it. <laughs> you are a subject so, uh, I am a subject matter expert, absolutely. But a lot of the the developers and the individuals that I'm working with, I'm I'm gaining valuable skills for for when I retire. And you know, if this is what I decide I want to do, uh, and can take all the knowledge that I've learned here uh, and and apply it to a job on the civilian side, and I can also do maintenance or I can be in recruiting or human resources. Like I've, I've gained so many skills in the last 18 years. I can't even keep track of them all anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I heard that. So speaking of, um, you know, you kind of summarized it before, um, just now, but, but what is next for, for Sergeant Lloyd when she retires? What, what, what are your plans? Do you have any goals or aspirations? Oh man. Um, so so many (laughs) um i mean the possibility of of doing some sort of recruiting uh recruiting job on the civilian sector maybe getting into um business analysis or you know program management um 
things of that nature. I, I honestly haven't put as much thought into it so far as I probably should have, because now I'm learning a new skill and I'm like, Hey, this is kind of cool. Um, but yeah, I, I think, a a civilian sector job in, um, in human resources or in, in program management would be, um, would be a good fit for me. So it's just a matter of, of making the connections and, and, um, applying for jobs thereafter. Um, I obviously want to travel. <laughs> I, I got to travel a lot in, uh, in the military, but I didn't get a whole lot of chances to go overseas. So I, I'm definitely, um, probably going to take some time after, uh, after I retire, before I start looking into, uh, into the next career. Uh, and I would like to go and see Europe and Australia. Yeah. Uh, those would be two, two places that, uh, have been on my mind that I want to see before, before I can't go anymore. Um, so yeah, before I, before I get old and, and can't move. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, I've got a good, another good thing the Air Force has, has given me, uh, that, that is going to help me be competitive in, in the civilian sector. Um, I have three degrees, right? I've got two associates degrees, uh, one in uh, aircraft maintenance and one in human resources. And I've got my bachelor's degree in, um, in, uh, organizational leadership, right? Wow. So program management type stuff. So, and, and I didn't pay a single dime for any of it. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, uh, yeah, I, I hunkered down a couple of years ago and finished up my bachelor's degree. The, the college I went to, um, transferred 84 credits from my college. They would take up to 90. So I only had 12 classes that I had to take to graduate with my bachelor's degree. Nice. So I finished that up and and now I'm, I'm rolling in degrees. So it's definitely going to help, uh, when it comes to, you know, the, the time that I start, uh, searching for employment elsewhere than the air force. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. I have two more questions before we wrap this thing up. Um, you got it. And you already answered one. So that's awesome. Um, <laughs> it was what you're going to do next. So that that's amazing. Um, so the, I have one more question before we wrap this up. And that question is um, throughout your 18 and a half years of being in the air force, what is some of the best advice or mentorship that you have received throughout your time that you have used and carried with you throughout your career? Oh man. So, so what's motivated me essentially. Yeah. Oh, I, that, and, <laughs> and it's funny you bring that up. Um, my father and my husband, um, my dad told me this phrase before I joined the air force. And then my husband kind of came behind him and didn't even realize that he used one of my dad's quotes. And he said, there's nothing you can't do as long as you put your mind to it. So I've, I've taken that with me, right. Uh, I don't like to have the, I can't, do it mentality um you can do anything you put your mind to as, as long as you put in the effort right so um I, i've been an extremely hard worker for the lot for the last 18 years simply because of that because I, I um while while failure makes you stronger i don't accept failure in the end right so um 
I feel like that's made me successful in my career and, um, and will keep me successful in, in the years to come. Um, as long as I, I have that confidence in myself and, and, um, know that if, as long as I put my mind to it, I can do anything I can, you know, I can do anything. So yeah, that's, that's definitely something that stuck with me for 18 and a half years, probably closer to 20 count when my dad told me. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, that's amazing that, yeah. that they both said it and it's such a great quote and so true, um, especially for, I mean, look at everything that you've done and, you know, like I said, your dad would be so proud of, of what you've done and, and, and living embodiment of that quote that he told you, um, 20 years ago. So kudos to you. And, uh, absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on Sergeant Lloyd. Uh, I know it's been kind of a crazy technical headache, uh, but that's the, the battles that we, we have to ensue with, uh, with doing a podcast, but again, thank you so much for coming on. I, Yay, I, technology. I know, right? Yeah. It's been Absolutely. awesome. I appreciate you. So check. Thanks for having me, man. I miss you. You're my buddy. Yeah. <laughs> so, absolutely. I hope you, uh, I hope you get to come to uh, San Antonio and visit sooner than later, or maybe I can come out to four seven. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, thank you again, ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely. That is Sergeant Jordan Lloyd, and this is the Air Power Hour. Take care, friends. Mm-hmm.